0: What is up Divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host Brandon Gabor and before we get started remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at DeepDiveFF or on Instagram at Deep Dive fantasy Football. Also, if you are looking for more Dynasty content from me, join me and the Rewind team at Dynasty Rewind on YouTube and wherever you enjoy your podcasts where we dive deep into all things Dynasty Fantasy Football. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, Divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football as we get ready here for week three Hit me with your start and sit questions on Instagram, on Twitter, if you got them, or if you want to drop me a rating and review and leave them in that way, and you know, put your question in there. I'll read it on the show and answer it, but or you know, I'll talk about it on the next show, but I'll, I'll answer it for you. And let's get into it. So we got a injury roundup. Unfortunately, you know, not something that we ever really like to talk about, but week two. These are some of the, not all of the, but some of, some of the notable injuries. Odell Beckham with his ankle should be fine, kind of questionable going into this week. Anthony Richardson with a concussion looks like, as of right now, he's not going to play this week. David Montgomery is going to be out a couple weeks with a quad injury. Jalen Waddle's is also in concussion protocol. He may not be available this week. We'll see. Saquon Barkley, his ankle is messed up. He's going to be out for maybe two more weeks now that the Thursday game is over. Joe Burrow re his calf. It's better for everyone, in my opinion, if they rest him. But they probably won't since they're 0-2. And if they go 0-3, their season's pretty much done. Deontay Johnson moved to IR, so he'll be out for four weeks. At least Nick Chubb is... that That's a rough one, man. I mean, one of the most stable, consistent, best talents at the running back position we've had. Both for the NFL and for fantasy in a long time. Out for the year with that everything tear in his his knee so shout out to uh, Nick Chubb I mean he's been amazing for the Browns he's like the the lifeline of that team so it's a big blow for them it's a big blow for him especially this stage in his career I'm not really sure if he's going to make it back and be the same guy I mean he's I think he's 20 he's 27 so he'll be 28 when he gets back from this injury and that's just Oh, it's going to be rough. And it was the same knee that he messed up in college. So who knows how it's going to heal. But, you know, great career, great guy. Never hear any chirping off the field. Like, shout out to Nick Chubb. And with that said, let's talk about this Thursday night game that just passed, Giants-49ers. For me, there was really not that much fantasy takeaways. I mean, we know Debo and CMC, all these guys, we know they're good. The 49ers guys are good. And with Ayuk out, of course, Debo and Kittle are going to have better games because there's less people to spread the ball around to in the offense. CMC, as always, was very good. The The really only takeaway for me on the 49er side is that Purdy as the distributor, which is what we saw last year, is a safe 15 to now I would say 22 points weekly. Um, so he's, you know, a great streaming quarterback, a bi-week filling quarterback, or if you're in a super flex league, he's a perfect, consistent, reliable quarterback too for you. So that's one thing on Purdy, and you know last year he was between 15 and 20 points every single one of his starts. So he never really gave you a boom. I think if everybody can stay healthy, if I comes back, he's good, and nobody else gets injured, his ceiling goes from 20, which is what it was last year, to about 23, 24 now. So and and you know we've kind of seen that he's broken 20 I think twice, just barely, but twice so far already in this, his three games this season. So. Just a little bit better situation than last year with health and then on the giant side of the ball i mean the giants suck <laughs> i don't know what else to tell you daniel jones you can't really be playing him darren waller's the only playable giant because he plays tight end right now i was kind of disappointed in darren waller honestly watching this game because he could have had a, another 30 yards and two or three receptions he had a couple balls hit his hands that he dropped tough catches to make but you got to make those catches i mean you're the best dude on your on your team best receiver the, the wide receiver crew was just horrendous. It, it still is. It has been for a while. Like, the, the Giants need a receiver, my guy. But with that said, that's the little recap. That's the injury recap, the Thursday night game recap. I really didn't see anything that's too, you know, game-changing for the future with the 49ers and Giants. Let's get into my two best bets of the week. One, I'm going to go with the Falcons, plus three at Detroit. So, you know, in a neutral matchup, it, it would be a toss-up 50-50 coin flip. But since the Lions are at home and you give them three points, the Falcons are underdogs by three. But I don't think that this is a 50-50 toss-up. I actually do think the Falcons are going to straight-up win the game. I, I think the Falcons are going to win, so I'll take the three points. They're rolling. The Lions don't have a dec- the defense that they need to be able to stop the Falcons' run game. And so I think the Falcons are going to pull the upset straight up. And if I think that and you're giving them three points... I'll take it. Then the Rams are also three-point dogs at Cincy, which I don't even understand how the Bengals are favored right now. Like, how the the Bengals have looked and the fact that Joe Burrow re-aggravated his calf injury and we know he is not going to be mobile. Joe Burrow is not going to be mobile. And he has Aaron Donald pushing up the middle. When you have pressure coming up the middle, you have to escape out the back of the pocket or right out to the side. He's not going to be able to do that because his re of his calf. And if that's the case, he's not getting away from Aaron Donald. And if that's the case, the Rams are going to win this game. So they're three-point dogs. I think the Rams are going to straight-up win, maybe by seven. So I'm taking the Rams and the Falcons as my best bets of the week. We'll see how that works out. Let's talk about some surefire starts, guys that, you know, are maybe flex plays for you every week or you're trying to decide whether or not you should play them against another person i'm going to give you the confidence here to toss them in mike williams arista vikings highest over under in the week at 54 because it's chargers vikings so mike williams highest over under at 54 it opened at 49 that means the big money players are putting their money on the over They are putting their money on the over. That's how it went from 49 all the way up to 54 now because of how much money has been landing on the over. And it's not even close. I don't even think I saw another game in the 50s. So this is by far the highest over-under for the same reason that Mike Williams should be in your lineups. Jordan Addison should be in your lineup as well. He is coming on. KJ Osborne has made a lot of mistakes, some really crucial drops. And Addison has played a little bit more each week. I think he's going to kind of take over that number two role this week for us versus the Chargers. They're going to need that, him and Justin Jefferson, because both of these teams are 0-2. Whatever team loses this this game, their season is done. Their season is done. You don't come back from 0-3. Like it's, it's near impossible to come back from 0-3. So the loser of this game is done for. I think they feel the pressure. They know that. Both teams had high expectations coming into the season. So it's going to be a shootout. It is going to be a shootout. And that's obviously what the big money players think too. Kirk Cousins, for the same reason, I am all over this game versus the Chargers. Obviously, you're playing Herbert Cousins. You need to obviously be playing as well. He's also at home and Kirk Cousins does much better at home. So that's also great. Kendra Miller versus the Packers. He has the backfield all to himself this week. He's also probably going to see some good receiving work since Kamara's not back and he's an explosive player gimme 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 I'm all over Kenji Miller versus the Packers I've been waiting for this dude to be healthy loved his tape love him as a prospect and he's in a good system now let's talk about some sits get a little negative Rashad White versus the Eagles and I'm a Bucks fan you guys know that by now unless you're a new listener now you know I'm a Bucks fan Rashad White versus the Eagles is a sit for me they're going to have a negative game script the Eagles are favored by five even though the Bucks are at home which I mean, I'm not surprised by that. I'm just saying. And it's a really tough matchup. It's already a tough matchup because of the Eagles D-line and because the Eagles are good against the run. It's an even tougher matchup because the Eagles are probably going to be beating the Bucs. Maybe. I would, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucs win, but the Eagles are probably going to be up on the Bucks, and the Bucs are probably going to be passing the ball. So Rashad White is not going to get too many touches, and he's definitely not going to be very efficient with them. So for me, unless he just happens to get six or seven dump off receptions, he's going to bust this week. So he's a sit for me. Zach Moss versus the Ravens, same thing. Um, Tough matchup, negative game script. The Ravens are favored by eight over the Bills, or I mean, sorry, not the Bills, um, the Colts. Moss used to play on the Bills. That's what threw me off for a second. But Zach Moss for the Colts. They're underdogs by eight points versus the Ravens. And Anthony Richardson, it looks like he's trending on being out. If Richardson is out, that's going to make it so much harder for Zach Moss to be efficient. We have seen time and time again, running quarterbacks help the efficiency of running backs. If Richardson is gone, Matt Moss, who's not an explosive, very dynamic running back in the first place. They don't have to worry about, they don't have to take that extra half second of processing the play, or that extra quarter second to make their decision of wait, did Richardson keep it? Because if it's Minshew, Minchu's not doing, you know, he's he's not doing RPOs, he's not running the ball. So if he's handing it off, it's either play action or you're committing to that run. So Zach Moss is gonna have a hard time being efficient. It's already a bad matchup. The Ravens are a good run defense, they're a good defense in general. They're expected to win by eight points and that means that the Colts are going to be in a hole, passing the ball to try to get out of it. And the Ravens also are a team that does well with ball control, so they're going to keep the Colts off the field. So you're going to have low play count totals, low running uh, totals, because they're going to pass the ball more than usual, and they are also going to be less efficient running the ball. So Zach Moss, this is a bus game, we in all over it. Garrett Wilson versus the Patriots. I'm usually... You know, gonna just tell you, hey, unless you killed it in your draft or killed it on waivers, got like a puka, you need to be playing Garrett Wilson. But this week, that's not gonna be the case for us, the Patriots. Bill Belichick will eliminate the number one option on offenses. He's been known to do that. He does it all the time. He's gonna eliminate Garrett Wilson. There's nothing else in the pass game. It's not like there's anyone, anyone else where he's like, hey, let's, you know, let's spread the defensive love. You know between these two guys because they're both pretty good no it's garrett wilson and that's it in the receiving game so he's gonna be all over garrett wilson christian gonzalez their rookie corner looked great on tyreek and so he's probably gonna be on garrett wilson this is also the lowest over under of the week and the patriots probably play ball control and burn the clock with the run game and keep it low scoring there's probably not going to be you know too much pressure on either team to be passing the ball a bunch it's probably going to be defense and running. That's going to be what this game is. Garrett Wilson is going to be taken out of it. Jordan Love versus the Saints is my last sit. Saints defense has been very good. Love has benefited from playmakers. He hasn't done anything incredible. So it, while it's nice to have playmakers and say, hey man, Jordan Love can have a good game without having to do too much. Well, that also kind of a problem because if he's playing really good defenses, Jordan Love hasn't shown us every anything to be like, oh yeah, you know, he's playing a good defense. That's all right. He's a great quarterback. He's Herbert. He's Burrow. He's Mahomes. He's Lamar. He can make plays. It's That's not what we've seen from Love. Love is just doing what's open, passing the ball to it nice, accurately, kind of, not really. He's got the third lowest accuracy um, or completion percentage in the league right now. But even though I'm pretty sure he is going pretty deep, like he's probably got a high A dot, average depth of target, throws the ball downfield a lot. So that's probably... Contributing to it, and he's got a lot of young weapons. But still, Jordan Love is not going to be able to rise above the Saints' defense. The Saints' defense is probably the best unit in the NFC South. If you took all the offenses, all the defenses said, what is the best unit? I would say probably the Saints' defense. Um, so the Saints' defense is going to shut down Jordan Love, in my opinion. I think maybe Love comes out the game with 201 touchdown, like 200 passing and one touchdown. So I would probably take the under on whatever his prop bet is. I didn't even look at that yet. Trade targets. I've got two for you. Miles Sanders. We've been talking about him. I told you guys he was not going to have a good game versus the Saints. That came to fruition. But I told you he was also going to have a lot of touches, which would be promising for the future as his matchups get easier and the offense will get better. So that's exactly what happened. Rough matchup versus the Saints. He got a lot of touches still. He looks good. He's still getting receiving usage. That's not going to change. The offense will improve. So are the matchups starting this week versus Seattle. So this week versus Seattle, Miles Sanders, I guess I'll just talk about him now. He's one of my DFS worth-the-money picks. One of the guys that, you know, is not super cheap. Not like a lot, you know, a a cheap deep dive. But he's somebody that I would pay up for versus the Seahawks because Andy Dalton is in. Bryce Young's out because of his ankle. Andy Dalton's coming in with vet experience, stability, and immobility. If he has immobility, that's going to probably lead to him. All those times that Bryce Young kind of scrambles around, extends the play a little bit, and then throws it to a receiver— Andy Dalton's not going to be doing that. Andy Dalton's going to be checking it down. So Sanders is probably going to get more receiving work this week versus the Seahawks than he has been getting, which has already been good. And Andy Dalton might, might just because Bryce Young is a rookie, nothing against the guy. He's looked pretty good. But Andy Dalton might make this offense run a little bit better, possibly. But even if not, this is the easiest defense the Panthers have faced so far. So Miles Sanders has a lot going for him this week and he's going to hit the up and up. He's worth the money in DFS. He's also somebody you should be trading for now because he's top five in the league. I think he's actually third right now in total touches at the running back position if you're putting targets and uh, rushes together. Now let's talk about um, my other trade target, Tank Dell. He had a 25% target share last week. He is stepping into the number two role. Actually, he was the number one technically by share of targets last year. However, I think him and Nico Collins are kind of just going to go back and forth week to week. Nico gets those deeper targets down the field. Tank Dell, they kind of use more all over the place, which as he should be, he's a very good receiver and has, you know, good ability to go anywhere on the field. So when we're looking at this Houston offense, Stroud put in word to bring Tank Dell in. That's part of the reason he got drafted. Stroud said, hey, I want that guy. And already in week two, we saw Stroud Pass the ball the most to that guy. Tank Dell, some people might be trying to sell high and say, oh man, he had a good week. He's kind of like a nobody. Let me see if I could sell him off. I'm buying that. I'm buying that because I liked him coming out of college. He was one of the guys I was drafting in the third rounds of rookie dynasty drafts. He's one of those guys that had higher draft capital than people seem to realize. He went in the third round. I don't think people really were paying attention to that. I think third, third or fourth. I'm pretty sure it was third. And Tankdale, he's looking good. So it's him and Nico. I think that's going to be kind of the future moving in the rest of the season. And they pass the ball a lot. So And that's probably not going to change. There's no reason for that to change. They don't run block well. They're going to be in a hole pretty much every single game. They're always going to be playing catch up. Stroud is airing the ball out looking like a beast, actually. He's another really good trade target. I should have put him in here. Shoot. Yeah, we're adding him in right now. It wasn't on my uh, little bullet-pointed list, but it is now. CJ Stroud is also a very good trade target. He's throwing the ball a lot. Looks really good. If you guys want like my analysis of these rookies and just analysis from the games, go check out Dynasty Rewind. $5 a month. I mean, you can, you can check out Dynasty Rewind for free. It's on all your podcast platforms, just like my podcast is. Um, and if you want to become part of the team, you want to get extra podcasts, including podcasts from me weekly, breaking down the games that I've watched every single play of and telling you guys what I've noticed and how it can help us for fantasy going into the rest of the season. It's $5 a month. You get six bonus podcasts per week, per week. You're basically paying a dollar a week for six podcast episodes. It's craziness. So it's a great deal. Check it out. Link in, you know, on my Instagram, on my twitter x whatever with that said let's talk about a fade for me a dfs fade somebody that costs way too much you're not going to sit him in your regular leagues because you probably don't have the luxury to. but there's no way i'm paying for him in dfs that's justin fields versus the Chiefs. Can't sit him, like I said, but it's a really bad matchup, and he looks really bad right now. They need to make some changes. The only way Justin Fields is going to get going again for us and be a top-tier fantasy guy is if they do what they did last year, which they have not been doing. I don't understand why, but they're not scripting him runs. They're not giving him runs. You have to do that. I think they have four scripted runs, so two per game so far. He needs like six per game. You need to bump that thing up 300%. Like, this is ridiculous. So, if that's not happening, if that doesn't happen versus the Chiefs, this is going to just be super ugly matchup. Like, you thought last week was ugly watching the, the Jaguars-Chiefs game. This one's going to be worse. The Chiefs will put up more points because the Bears' defense is horrible, but the Bears are not going to move the ball at all. So, that's my fade. And then I'll give you guys three deep dives. Kind of already talked about two of them. Two of them are my trade targets, CJ Stroud, Tank Dell. Tank Dell, like I said, great, uh, great target share. But you might be saying, well, if Tank Dell is a deep dive for you and somebody that you would, you know, put low money on in DFS, what about Nico Collins? Well, Nico Collins probably draws the tougher cornerback matchup versus Tyson Campbell from the Jaguars, who's one of the bright spots on their defense because it's not a very good defense, but he's one of the bright spots. And Tank Dell is probably a little bit cheaper depending on where you're looking, but I'm pretty sure he's cheaper in everywhere. Everywhere. I didn't check like multiple different platforms, but Tank Dell's cheaper and he's going to have an easier matchup and probably going to get similar target share. So I'll take Tank Dell and then CJ Shroud as well. Like I said, they're eight and and a half, actually eight and a half underdogs. The Jaguars' defense is not particularly good. Don't be fooled just because they had down the Chiefs. The Chiefs have been kind of not looking great. And because the Lions' defense ain't that good either. They have Aiden Hutchinson and a couple guys, but it's not like that good. And they also kept the Chiefs in check and almost beat them. Wait. They did beat them. Sorry. Man, when you watch 16 games a week, sometimes <laughs> your memory's slipping a little bit. But, yeah. So, Stroud... He's been airing it out among the tops in the league. He, I think, has the most, either the most or like the second most pass attempts right now in the league. It's ridiculous. He's a has more than 90 pass attempts in two games. In two games, over 90 pass attempts. That is absolute insanity, guys. And he's also looking good doing it. So for me, this is a very, very interesting one. I almost took, actually, as one of my best bets, best bets, I almost took, the Texans at plus eight and a half versus the Jaguars. And then I looked at the injury report and saw, Oh, that's why the line is that big. I forgot how many starters are gone from Houston. It's like three or four of their starting offensive linemen are going to be out, but I mean, they've, they've been missing their offensive linemen and then they lost a bunch of starters. And I'm pretty sure uh, his name is escaping me right now, but they're really young. Good corner. I think he's out this week too. So, um, yeah, that's that's why the line is that way which is great which is great for stroud i mean he's been looking good with those offensive line guys missing already and it's like i said not a great defense he's going up against but it's a great offense on the other side so you've got a sneaky maybe maybe sneaky shootout um in the division here so that'll be interesting to watch as well thank you guys for tuning in that's my week three preview if you guys want actual like recaps you know, when I'm breaking down, a this is what I saw on film. I saw this guy getting targets in this point of the game. Like, you look at the box score, you might say, oh, this guy got more targets. He's the number one. It's not always the case. You know, there are times where, hey, who's the guy that is dominating when everyone's healthy, when everyone's on the field, or just early on? What happens when they're in a hole? Are they pulling people out? Are they subbing guys in to get them some reps and say, know the game's over? Stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff that you can get from my previews um just things like that a lot of things that the box score it's kind of a beyond the box score podcast basically i call it my stock block so go check that out um message me if you need help figuring out how to get to be part of the dynasty rewind team with me Porkman, who i've had on the past two episodes he i didn't have him on today had to just knock this out real quick um and it's like three in the morning at the time of recording this so nobody else is awake except for me because that's just the life i live but anyways thank you guys for tuning in Good luck this week. Let's let's say a nice quick prayer. Lord God, please help nobody get injured. Please let everybody be healthy and to to enjoy their careers and you know, thank you for everything. Amen. Have a good week, guys. Till next time. Peace.